perfect as your heavenly father's perfect right I have a hard enough time getting to church what is this all about a couple of weeks ago I said to you that really what God wants he doesn't want us to be good he wants us to want to be good well this is in that same vein as we get ready to begin the season of Lent it's a great time maybe to reorient ourselves a little bit about why we even do what we're doing because it's not about being good, it's about being holy. It's about being holy. And most of the time we reserve that for old nuns and popes. But we don't think about that in terms of ourselves. And so the scriptures have a very strong message in the first reading and, and the gospel today, which is what? Be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Not because it's a cool thing to do, but because God's holy. And if we're to imitate God, obviously we're not good at miracles, although I suppose sometimes some of the things you do raising your kids are close to miraculous. Uh, but really what we're talking about here is, is holiness and how do we grow in holiness. That's why we go to church. That's why we pray is to grow in holiness. And so in this book of Leviticus, we hear about that don't bear hatred for your brother in your heart. You might have to reprove somebody. You might have to say, hey, come on. Uh, but don't incur sin because of them. Don't let their sin become your sin, in other words. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against your fellow man. Love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because that's what I do. That's what God says. That's what, that's, that's what I do. Okay? Now, that really goes against all of our programming. <laughs> It goes against all of our programming because we really want to pay people back. And so if we have this reading from Corinthians, this helps to explain this a little bit more from Paul's letter to the Corinthians in the third chapter. He, he goes on to say, do you not know that you're a temple of God? In other words, you're already holy. So when you get up in the morning and you look at these eyes in the mirror, do you say... I'm holy. Not because of anything that you've accomplished, but because of what's God already put into you. I think if we, if, we, if we did that, wrote it in lipstick or some kind of a marker on the mirror and remembered that every day, I'll bet you our lives would be a lot different because most of us have a terrible spiritual complex. Oh, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, guess I'll go eat worms. I'm just a sinner anyway, so what the hell difference does it make? But if we got up every morning and said, huh, I'm holy. I didn't even have to do this, and I'm holy. He goes on to say, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy them. But to remind ourselves that God's spirit already dwells in us. And that would certainly change the way we interact with other people, wouldn't it? Okay? So if we, if we remembered that God's in us, that we're holy, now it's easy to think about somebody that you like and say, oh, they're holy, God's in them. It's a little bit different for somebody that kind of gets under our skin or aggravates us. Um, you might think of somebody coming to mind. Maybe they're sitting next to you. I hope not. Uh, but it would change how we would operate, okay? We said, God's in them. Even the worst sinner, God is in them. 
through no merit of their own because we're all made in the image and likeness of God. But to me, it all comes together in this great gospel that we have today. And this is the kind of the third installment. Deacon Paul walked us through part of that last week. But one of the things I think it's important to understand, otherwise these things kind of just kind of roll off our back, is that the things that Jesus was talking about, you have heard it said, that was Jewish law. So let me give you some examples. So he goes on to say, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That was the law. If you punch me, I get to punch you. But the law was, you can't punch me more. So you can only dish out what happened to you. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. What does Jesus say? But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. Now I don't know about you, but that kind of goes against our Western American culture. Got boom to the moon, Ethel, you know. No, not eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, okay? Somebody strikes you on one cheek, turn the other one as well. It's, we all can read the newspaper, listen to the news, and see where vengeance gets us nowhere, okay? So here's another one. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. This is the law. So if, if you are a civilian, and one of the soldiers wanted you to just would pull you off the street and say, you're going to carry my gear for the next mile. You had to do it. It was a law. And so that's why he said, should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Okay, take it a little bit further. Verse 43. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And so the law said... You only needed to be responsible or nice to the people who were closest to you. So to hell with the enemy. I don't have to worry about that, okay? But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly Father for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good. In other words, God knows no favorites. We've heard it said over and over in the scriptures, God knows no favorites. If you love those who love you, big deal. Big deal. That's not a, an accomplishment. Do not tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is so wonderful about that? Nothing. Pagans do the same. People who don't believe in God can treat each other civilly. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So what does that mean? <clears throat> I think that for so long that we have, we kind of get into this minimum daily requirement. We do just enough to get by. And that's why our faith doesn't mean anything to us. Because we're just paying at lip service. We think we're doing a good job getting to church, okay? And it has to start someplace, I get that. But Jesus went beyond the law. Do you remember he said, I did not come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it? What's that mean? It means that the law is not enough. And it goes way beyond what the world's expectations are. This is one of the things that people don't understand about Pope Francis. They sing, oh, he's, he's throwing all the laws out. He ain't throwing nothing out. But he, like Jesus in his day, was trying to restore the original intention of the law. And the original intention was to go far beyond this minimalistic way of doing things. If you do just enough to get by, you're not going to get much out of it. Think about a class that you were in. You did, oh, I just, just, got, just got it passed. You probably didn't learn anything. Didn't mean a lot. 
But you also know what it's like when you put your heart, soul, mind, and strength into something and how important that becomes, okay? So if we had that kind of attitude towards our relationship with Christ, if we had that kind of attitude towards becoming holy, not just being good, what is that? It's safe. It's boring. And it doesn't give us any passion. So God wants us to go beyond, huh? Go beyond. So as I've mentioned the last couple of weeks and it's been in the bulletin, Ash Wednesday is Wednesday, and, and our theme for Lent this year is who is this man? Who is this man? And we picked that as a theme because I think that we know a lot of things about Jesus. He was a Jew. He performed some neat special effects. They killed him. He rose. Big deal. But it doesn't really make any difference to us because I don't think we really know him. If we knew Jesus more, then these teachings would go, yeah, I get that now. It's not just about being good. It's wanting to be good. It's not just wanting to do the minimum daily requirement, but it's wanting to live life with passion. And that's what our annual 40-day retreat that we call Lent is all about. It's about giving us a kind of slap upside of the head again and say, okay, I need to rethink this. <clears throat> Most of us tend to kind of volume gets turned down. And we're just kind of lucky to kind of go through the motion sometimes. Nobody likes to do that. You don't like to do that in your marriage. You don't like to do it with your job. You sure don't want to do that with God. If you give God small change, you don't get much back. So this is about holiness. What does holiness mean? Holy means belong to God. Belong to God. You get up in the morning and say, I'm holy. I belong to you. So therefore, you better help me out today. It's a place to start. So as we continue this last Sunday in ordinary time before we, we hit the Lenten season, I want you to think about holiness and perfection. It's not something for the gurus up on a mountain you've got to go on a special retreat to do that or something. No, it's perfectly acceptable and accessible to all of us. But it's about establishing a relationship. And it's about striving. Not just to be good, but to be like God. To be like God. Perfect. And holy. Why? Because he's in us already. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. Let's build on what's already in there. <clears throat>